You're listening to Metrics and Chill, where you'll learn how to improve key metrics that grow your business from companies that have done it before. In this episode, you'll learn how Hilary Carpio, Senior Director of ABM at Snowflake, uses process-oriented KPIs to make sure her team hits their goals. You'll learn how you can use process KPIs to create sustainable, repeatable systems that help you hit your bigger goals, how she uses data to make decisions, how she's found that most times when a goal isn't hit or a project isn't launched the right way, it's usually due to really basic steps at the beginning not being taken and tons more. Hillary, thank you so much for coming on Metrics and Chill. I'm really excited to chat with you today. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited as well. So, um, like I said to you, the way we typically kick off the show is, you know, kind of a 30 second pitch of your company. Yours is pretty well known and pretty big. Um, but for the few people that are listening that don't know what Snowflake is or what Snowflake does, can you kind of give like the 30 second uh, explanation? Yeah, so Snowflake came to the market as the first company to build data warehousing for the cloud, uh, and that's how we got our start. But today we're actually a full data cloud in itself and enable multiple different workloads across multiple different parts of business. So we are behind the scenes of a lot of products that people use every single day, uh, but may not know that Snowflake is helping power that in the back end. Awesome. So today is going to be a bit of a different episode, although lately I feel like on the show I've been saying that more and more as some of these episodes, you know, uh, deviate away from like how someone grew a specific metric. But this one I'm excited about. Um, We're going to be talking about um, a method of setting goals you all use, specifically how and why you use what you term as a process-oriented KPI rather than sort of the traditional like marketing KPI that everyone knows. And I'm, like I said to you, you know, before uh, we kick things off, I'm excited to chat about this because I feel like um, the traditional KPI is what everyone uses and talks about. But increasingly, I've been having these conversations with leaders that are saying, you know, hey, we don't always think of things that way because sometimes like the wrong KPI, like you set a KPI with the intent of hitting a goal, but sometimes that KPI can incentivize the wrong behavior or not show you like what you actually like want to see or it's not the right method of going about it. So um, I guess one way, so let's start out here. What is a process-oriented KPI? What like, how do you like think of that and how is it different than when listeners are thinking like the traditional marketing KPI? Yeah, so I think as marketers, we still have to focus on things like pipeline, revenue, the overall outcomes, but we need to take a step back and understand what are the things that are driving that outcome, right? You're, you don't just show up at work and all of a sudden drive pipeline. There's going to be different um advertising tactics, there's going to be event tactics, there's going to be thought leadership tactics, there's going to be all these different things. And it's not necessarily a question of like attribution, like most people would normally measure the effectiveness of those tactics and attribution. It's more so what do you need to do to move the needle and measuring that process that will move the needle. So it could be that uh, you need your cross-functional departments aligned in order to get uh the outcome that you're looking for, right? And I'm trying to speak generally, which is, I think, making it a little challenging, but uh, when you do that, then you can narrow in and say, if I need to have alignment, how do I measure if that alignment is happening? It could be as simple in some organization as saying, are conversations happening, right? Is it, Mm. if I were to ask you, are you meeting with your cross-functional counterpart once a week, twice a week, once a month or never, if you come back and say, well, I'm not really talking to them, the first goal is you need to talk to them before you can ever worry about what you're going to produce with that cross-functional team. That first step has to be in place. And I have found uh, just through experience that too often as we start going backward as to why something's not working, it's something very fundamental like that. 
are you even having a conversation? Not some fancy schmancy marketing metric of conversion rates or waterfall numbers or KPIs. It's like, it's way further back. And so I've taken an interest in focusing on some of those, what I'm calling process goals uh, to help set ourselves up for a scalable, repeatable system of success to hit those other KPIs that are still important. So is this something that you will, is this something that you deploy specifically for cross-functional projects, like a project that, you know, multiple teams are owning or like if there's something that just the maybe product marketing team runs, is this still something that you would recommend people consider for even just a single team owning a single project? Yeah, I think it can be used for anything. And I mean, the one of the ways that this idea came to me or was introduced to me was through the book Atomic Habits. And in that book, James Clear talks about that if you want to start reading a book or if you want to start exercising and lose weight, for example, you, yes, have to eat healthy and, and exercise and do those sorts of things, just like you have to actually open the book. But the first step is to put your running shoes by the door and put the book on your bed. So that every night, maybe the action is just you move the book off of your pillow in order to start that habit. And then the second one is to then open the book. And then the third one is to read one page of the book, right? You build into this end goal. And with exercising, you put your tennis shoes on. Then you walk outside the door with your tennis shoes on. And so I think that made me think a little bit more about what are these backward steps. And it depends what the goal is in field marketing and how your organization is set up and what gaps you have. But I think to just beg the question, what is the first trigger or initiator or momentum creator that we need to get this thing going? Is that happening? And if it's not happening, it's worth looking into why it's not happening and putting a goal into place to get that thing to happen. So you gave an example that I think was really interesting. It was like, you, you said like a lot of times when you looked at it, like why didn't this project kick off on time or you know why was it unsuccessful? Yeah. You've, it sounds like you've often found when you analyze it that the point of failure is actually not maybe that like the strategy was way off or that like the people weren't working hard enough. It's like this was something three departments needed to come together to achieve and they just weren't talking enough early on. Like they just weren't meeting enough or whatever. Um, how did you how did you sort of discover that and how does this actually um how how do you feel like you actually set these because i'm imagining just someone trying to like do this like okay we have you know we're going to try and drive um let me think I'll, so okay like uh, an example that's coming to mind might be a lot of saas listeners um you have like your product team who's trying to reduce uh retention or or increase retention reduce churn and maybe you have your product marketing team that's also trying to like lend their side. So there's like a cross-functional goal. This year we you know we want to achieve um, we want to increase retention by ten percent or whatever. Um, how would you begin to set some of these like way earlier stage things? Like would would you just be taking a stab at like I estimate like is this a set number of conversations you imagine it's going to have, or is this just the practice of saying? Just begin tracking the number of meetings and conversations you're having. Like how, how do you actually set like a KPI that early back? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I think you have to lead with data. And I know I'm biased because I work at Snowflake and we're completely data-driven. But um, in the times that this has been successful, it's because it's been data-driven. So in the example you're providing about churn, it would first be looking backward and saying, where has the churn been the most prevalent? What types of customers have that 
you know, biggest churn rates? Is it a certain company size? Is it a certain uh, maturity level? Is it a certain number of months in the contract? If you can then work backward to say, it's actually this larger company size that's churning, then you have a conversation of, well, why is that larger company size churning? Well, actually we find that, and I'm of course making this up, we find that our customer success team, if if they have met with this company X number of times a month and are providing value, the churn is actually lower. So it's actually that we're not providing the right level of customer success to this other half that are churning. Now you've gotten to the root of the problem and you know that you need to have better communication and more touch points with the larger size customers to prevent churn and you can measure that. Whereas most people will just go straight to the churn metrics and were we successful in measuring the endpoint of churn as opposed to the action or the behavior that leads or prevents the churn. Got it. Okay. So this is like saying where most companies would say the KPI is to reduce churn. Um, you would be saying, okay, yeah, the goal is like, we want to reduce churn across. This is going to be a, 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 an effort between multiple teams, but the things that are actually going to like you as the manager, then will work backwards and say, what are the steps that actually lead to this that each team can do? Yeah. And that's where then you're setting goals based on those actions. Um, and then are you tracking like how much – is there a goal associated with that or is it more just to make mm-hmm. sure that the behaviors are there? So in the James Clear example, is there a goal that you're going to set your shoes out 20 times a month by the front door or is it just yeah. a habit of like set it out every day kind of a thing? No, I think you have to create a goal. And in the business context, I like to do quarterly goals. So if you know that you need to get to 100% of those enterprise size accounts that didn't have enough customer success touch points, for example, then it might be that Q1, your goal is to get to 60% of those accounts. Q2, your goal is to get to 75% of those accounts. Q3, 85 and Q4, 100, depending on how fast that you can scale up. And now you have actual benchmarks to work through with your team to understand, are we doing the behaviors at the volume that we need to do them to get where we're going. And now you have a second layer of diagnostic metrics to understand, oh shoot, if we didn't hit that number after the first quarter, now what's broken? Do we not have enough headcount? Do we not organize our time well enough? Do we not have the right contacts at the business we're supposed to be reaching out to, right? And now you dive in one layer back. And so it enables you to keep digging another layer at a time every time you have this milestone coming up so you can get to the actual root of what's happening. Got it. Okay. Um, are these like, how would they, um, like, like another term we've talked about on the show before is like leading indicators versus lagging mm-hmm. indicators. Is this synonymous or, or if it differs in which way do you think it differs? Like setting KPI, like output based KPIs like this versus like are leading, maybe leading indicators just being things that you just look for as indicators of success where like the KPIs are things you're going to set yourself to do in order to check for leading indicators? Like how do you think they're related to one another? I think all metrics become an ecosystem together, right? They're different phases of what you're trying to achieve and whether it's leading, lagging. Um, I like to call them and my, my colleague actually coined this term inspection metrics. They allow you to inspect what's working and what's not. Um, so I don't know that there's a a right or a wrong in my opinion, but just that they all uh, become one cohesive story to tell what's happening from start to finish as opposed to overgeneralizing the success or failure of a program based off of one single KPI along the way. Okay. Yeah. Makes, makes sense. Um, so as far as like an example, I think that would be 
um, next would be super yeah. helpful to dive into like an example of using this. So I know you mentioned, um, and any that come to mind, you know, that, that you want to do other than this. I know when, when we connected before you mentioned that you're using one specifically a process oriented KPI to align SDRs, AEs, um, and ABM all together. Maybe can you mm-hmm. dive into that and kind of work us through like, I guess from the start, what was, what was kind of the goal or the result you wanted to achieve it, you know, in ABM? And then like, how did you go about setting this process oriented KPI? Yeah. So when I was hired at Snowflake about three years ago, my main charter that I was given was to align the SDR organization into the ABM and AE alignment that had already existed. And through the years that followed, we'd successfully proved that when ABM, SDRs, and AEs work together, SDRs were seeing about a 4x increase in their ability to or efficiency to book a meeting in the accounts that they were targeting. So we knew that if an SDR is that much more successful, we should have SDRs focusing on accounts that ABM is supporting, right? Because that's how they're going to be most efficient in getting into the accounts that matter most to the business. But we were finding that I believe it was between like 30 and 50% when I first pulled the numbers of the accounts that SDRs are booking meetings in were in ABM. And so that's where we were like, well, how do we fix this? Where is the broken process? Like I was mentioning earlier. And we figured out that AEs were utilizing ABM for one function and they're using SDRs for a different function. So they'd say, hey, ABM, can you go after this set of accounts? I need your help on XYZ. And they say, hey, SDRs, you go after that set of accounts. I need your help on that. So it's Mm. not actually the SDRs fault that they're not calling it ABM accounts. They're doing exactly what they're being asked to do, which is to call the accounts that their AE asked them to, which is their job, right? They partner with AE, so they're not doing anything wrong. Right. So then we said, well, it must be our job on the ABM side to educate the AE as to why they should align both their SDR and ABM together after the same accounts and one. So we had put a goal of 75% of meetings that SDRs booked coming out of ABM accounts as this quote process goal or system goal as a way to force that function so that my team would have a focus and a guiding North Star to understand that on a weekly, daily, quarterly basis, they needed to be focusing on the conversations with sales, the education with sales, the providing of data with sales to help them understand that it was in their best interest to send both of us in the same direction. So we did a four quarter, I think it was three or four quarters uh, goal to get to this 75. We called it Road to 75. And it became the North Star for the enterprise team uh, that I manage. I have a verticals team as well, but this was for the enterprise team uh, that I help lead. There's someone on my team that leads it, Bree, as well, who really brought this to life. Um, So every quarter we would check in and say, okay, are we on pace? Are we behind pace? What's working? What's not? And we actually ended up hitting 86% within, I think it was three quarters. So it ended up going a lot faster. Once we started picking up momentum, it took care of itself. Now that's no longer a goal right? We're not paying really close attention to that number. We have it, we can, we can look at it. But now that that system is fixed, we can focus on other down funnel KPIs that come out of having us aligned. Got it. Okay. So what, like, what do you think were the fundamental things that you had to do in order to connect those things? Like, were there, was it just like the one behavior of like, get like, what were the actual steps, I guess, to like drive that alignment? Yeah, so a lot of it's data. So I was looking at the outputs that we're creating and saying, what is happening when things are working well and what is not happening when they're not working well? And we had used the data to understand that when these things were aligned, the numbers were there to show that we were a lot more effective in creating the meetings, completing the meetings, and then uh, moving them into pipeline. 
And so then we had actually, like, you can just ask people things. And I think people forget that you can just, like, walk up to someone and ask them, hey, what's not working? And it's actually wildly successful, <laughs> like, if to take your head out of a dashboard as well. And so we <laughs> went to the SDR, ABM, field marketing, and AE organizations and had conversations of, like, where are things falling apart? And that's where we had SDRs come back to us and say, hey, I'm being asked to go in a different direction, right? And so the pretty simple, pretty straightforward. And when you start asking questions, you can get to the bottom of what's going wrong. And to back to your churn perspective and your like that example, you could probably do the same thing there. Go talk to your customers, ask them why they're churning. Right. There you go. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you, do you think that like, this is a matter of, um, do you think that every project that you want to do, I, I guess taking a step back and thinking about it from like applying this as a methodology, you know, for listeners to like any goal that they have, do you think that the two should go hand in hand always? Like, do you think that there should always be, in other words, um, you know, to, to keep using our example, like the goal of reducing churn, like churn could maybe be like in a results-based or a marketing-based KPI, but then there's these corresponding uh, action or like step-based habit, mm -hmm. you know, habit KPIs to use the James Clear analogy, like to achieve that? Or do you think that sometimes it's just impossible to know, like we, if it's the first time you're doing the project, for example, you have no idea what you could reduce churn to, you know, churn to, or what you could increase retention to. And so let's just start with the action oriented, you know, the, the mm -hmm. habitual AP or uh, KPI and see um, what the result ends up being. And then we know like, oh, if we increase these number of actions or reduce these number of actions, we can probably move that needle a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, I think in order for metrics of any kind to be successful, you have to be flexible and you have to apply the ones that matter most to your business. And I think that's where a lot of marketers go wrong is taking the metrics of somebody else's business and just applying them to theirs. So yeah, if you don't need it, then by all means, do it. Do whatever works best for you. I think that when you're leading larger teams, I, I have 19 people on my team today in ABM that we that support these 200 SDRs over 400 sales reps. So I'm working with really high volumes. And from my perspective, when you're working with volumes of that size, you need those process goals in order to get everybody moving in the same direction, doing the same thing in order to hit them just from the pure human motivation perspective and alignment perspective. So I'm sure it's different if you're working on like a two person project where you're trying to get something live and across the line versus working with like literally thousands of people globally where you're trying to replicate something across tens of thousands of accounts and um, lots of people within those. So probably depends a little bit from that perspective. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a ton of sense. I like the methodology as a whole for, um, it feels like this is something everyone can do where, like I said, sometimes even like experienced marketing leaders, when they go to set KPIs, if like the company is new to them or like the team is new to them, or it's like a venture that they've never done before, setting KPIs like the traditional way um, can feel kind of daunting. And I, I remember hearing, I don't think it's like an, I, I'm not sure it's like a super popular belief, but I remember somewhere coming across um, Jason Fried, the co-founder of Basecamp was talking about setting goals and the reason why they mm -hmm. don't do a lot of the standard like KPI and goal setting at Basecamp. And it was around this idea of like, if you set a goal and you like way exceed it, then you're like, oh, we didn't aim high enough. And if you come in like mm -hmm. way low, um, you know, that, then you just kind of like beat yourself up and you're like, oh, we missed our goal yeah. this year or whatever. And his point was like, but you 
if you did the best that you could and you took like an honest attempt at the way that you thought would get there, like you shouldn't be beating yourself up or whatever. But so, so what I like about this is like, if you, you know, obviously we're database as well. I'm not opposed to like, mm-hmm. you know, setting goals or forecasting what you think you can hit. But a lot of times when you're starting new experiments or projects, there's just no way to know what you even should be aiming at. So I like this as like a way that everyone listening can actually like take a step back and say, okay, what do we think are the habits? Like, let's talk to the team. Let's talk to customers. And then like, come up with a hypothesis, it sounds like, as to like why this result's not being achieved. So what do we think are the actions that it's going to take to achieve it? And let's just like start by setting a number. And it's way easier to move that number probably on the fly than it is to like, oh, two quarters went by and we missed our goal. And we like still don't have a ton of clarity as to why we missed it. Right. Anyway. Yeah, it's it's a unifying, I think it's a unifying metric and a unifying factor to help everybody look toward where they're going together. And you can use it from a leadership perspective to really build camaraderie, right? We're in this together. We're all charging toward this number together. Um, it's, at least in the ways I've used it, you can use it in different ways, but it's not each person needs to do an X amount. It's together we're going to hit this percentage or this number. And so it creates a good sense of teamwork and a good sense of a one team mentality. And how do you think about adjusting it? Like, will you run this like in the, in the, in the SDR example you gave, will Mm -hmm. you hold to this? Will this KPI have a goal that you hold to for a set of like, how long is long enough to do the habit in order to like see the outcome? Will you do it quarterly based? Is it annual? Like, how do you think about adjusting the goal when needed? If it, if it's maybe not enough action or the wrong action? that you're taking. Yeah, I mean, I think that's unique to the individual and like what you're measuring and what process you're doing. I'd say that you need to be looking at it in a often enough cadence that you can see if something's going wrong, right? So if you're three quarters in, you've looked at it three times and you're a quarter of the way to the goal you were supposed to be at that point, then like you did something wrong along the way and you should have caught that earlier and pivoted and adjusted. accordingly you know and and we've done this where we've been short of the goal that we had put in place for one quarter and then we go okay well we're not doing enough we need to do more and so then we go into overdrive then we actually exceeded the goal the next quarter and so you Mm. you use that as a gateway right of how much effort you're putting in how many things you're doing how many tactics you're deploying and seeing if that's measuring up to those milestones you put in place and then yeah i guess if it's not working you need to like probably reevaluate what you're right 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 yeah um, well, yeah, this has been awesome. I feel like this is a really cool methodology. Um, I feel like, especially when it comes to goal setting, this is something that's really muddy. I know we've talked to a number of people now on the show where it feels like, um, it's not always clear. And especially for, for like small to medium businesses, medium sized businesses, it feels like some of these methods are just like really messy because they're not these big organizations. They don't have loads of budget and teams and it can feel difficult to even know like what to aim at first. So mm-hmm. I like this idea. I love the like James Clear analogy that you that you, uh, that you you drew and this like connection to habits and the habits that you think are going to make you successful and setting that as your goal. So um, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you because you're from Snowflake and you all are so uh, data-based. I have a couple of just questions around using data to grow, if you don't mind, if sure. you'll indulge me. Um, yeah. What do you think are the common things companies get wrong about trying to use data to grow? Like when they try and use data to get insights to grow, are there common mistakes or things that you think they get wrong? 
Yeah, so I can take this from the like account-based and demand gen angle. I certainly cannot speak for the multi-billion dollar organization as a whole that sure, we represent. Sure. So just <laughs> yeah, yeah. a little disclaimer there. Um, what do I think people get wrong? I kind of alluded to it earlier and, and mentioned it that I think people measure the wrong things because somebody else tells them they should or because they saw someone else do it. And they're not necessarily the most important things to their business or they're the wrong stage of their business. And that's, you know, kind of connects to this system process operational goal of if you're still building out your demand engine for the first time, you probably need to focus on a different set of goals than somebody who has a 30 person demand gen organization that's a well oiled machine, right? They're, they're different stages. So we need to tailor our metrics to what we actually need to measure for ourselves, not what for LinkedIn influencers tell us to do. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. Um, how often do you all look, does your team look at the numbers? You mentioned like, it depends on how frequently you're checking these when it comes Mm -hmm. to goals, when it comes to the process oriented KPIs you're talking about. Um, are these things that you're like looking at daily? Are you looking at the monthly? Like what, what is your belief around the frequency of looking at the numbers? What's too much? What's not enough? Like, is there a right or wrong there? Yeah, we have a phenomenal marketing intelligence team led by Guan Wang, who uh, has really built out an entire organization within Snowflake that entirely supports marketing and the metrics that we need to focus on. So we have different, we call them dashboards or action boards, like you should do something with the data, not just look at it. So we have different action boards that we consume in different time frames. So there's action boards for ABM that we look at daily with campaign performance that we're sharing with the um AEs and SDRs to say, here's how this thing is performing. It's working. It's not. This content's resonating. It's not. And then we're looking at some of those process-oriented metrics every uh, couple of weeks more so than like on a daily basis, just because the data doesn't change fast enough for it to be meaningful. And then we have other data that we pull on a quarterly basis when you do quarterly business reviews. So again, it depends on what you're trying to do, uh, how often to look at it. But I think that none of us should be looking at something end of quarter for the first time and trying to figure out what it means. It's too late at that point. Yeah. Do you, do you feel like it, does your team it tend to analyze things? Like if there's spikes or dips happening, are you getting alerted and are you looking like in real time to try and analyze what happened? Or do you do kind of like an end of month, like postmortem to try and look back or like, obviously you're saying end it like waiting till the quarter's too late. Um, mm-hmm. Do you, if there's like things that are, I guess, especially, I'm not sure if there's any example of that, but if there's things that are like going up or down significantly, are you looking at them in real time or do you prefer to like zoom out and kind of give it a a longer chunk of time to analyze? It totally depends on what it is based off of the time frame, but I think any time that there's a significant increase or significant decrease, we should pay attention right then and there and say, if there's a significant increase, is there something that went wrong and there's a yeah, artificial lift that we need to accommodate for, or if there's a significant significant decrease, same thing. Like if it's on a web conversion, did a cookie fall off the page and it's not capturing something? Is there a spelling error or some broken link that might be happening? So I think from that perspective, it's like a check engine light that you want to be checking on a regular basis for those outliers. Uh, but it really depends, right? If you're if you're following a lead funnel, if you're looking at accounts, if you're looking at a pipeline forecasting model, if you're looking at like daily campaign responders, it just completely depends across the organization as to what you're looking at. Yeah. Often. Yeah. That makes sense. I love, by the way, I love the analogy of the check engine light. That's like, uh, yeah, that's a super helpful visual. Um, yeah. 
the okay last question you mentioned the um i'm just intrigued by this you mentioned the action boards that are created for the marketing team what does yeah. this so i what, what what caught my attention was like i like this idea of i've heard other people say don't measure anything you're not attempting to move the needle on like uh, like there are certain people that believe in like measuring just general health metrics and they're not necessarily trying to move the needle on it um is, is that the idea behind action boards like the only data here is things that you have a vested interest in moving the needle on or what like how are these constructed or what's the purpose of these yeah, so this is specific to the context that I lead an account-based marketing function, and that function is literally in existence to support sales, right? So any data that we're coming out with, any insights that we're trying to draw, they need to be actionable for sales and for our teams to activate. So of course, there's going to be things across the business that maybe aren't action boards, but I don't know, mid-year, I... I had this idea, I don't know if anyone's ever coined it before or if I made it up from scratch, but I was like, what if dashboards are a thing of the past and I make up this thing of an action board? And that is the new thing that, uh, there's one in particular, we brought our ABM platform in-house and have this like single marketing and sales view that we're very proud of. And when we were designing that, my colleague Travis, who runs SDR operations and I sat in a room and we went through each box and we said, what is sales going to do when they look at this box of data? Ooh, I love and if that. we can't tell them what you're supposed to do after looking at it, then we're pulling it off the quote action board. And so that's kind of where this action board idea came from. Ask me a year. We'll see if we can like actually make it. A in the industry. <laughs> yeah. But that's, that's the idea is just to like, you can have dashboard overload. There's so many dashboards. You're like, what do I, what do I do with all of these? Right. Yeah. So we want to know what action I'm supposed to take after looking at the data from perspective. I, I love dashboard. this. This is so cool. Yeah, no, 100%. Um, I, we, we, I, we did like a, you know, from the brand account, like a post on Twitter, just crowdsourcing, like, you know, people's recommendations who are into data visualization and just saying like, what are best practices for this? And a lot of it was around this kind of thing. Like, you know, if you don't intend to take action on it or like only as many visuals as like, you know, there's all kinds of design principles, which is wild. Like dashboards have this ability to illustrate trends and, and high and paint insights for you in such a powerful way. But at the same time, it can also just be like, like white noise and just like all over the screen. If it's not like clear what you're looking at, or there's no context related to it or anything like that. Yeah. Well, you get into analysis paralysis, right? You're like, well, what do I do to make sense of all of this? And I think the actual takeaways or the message from the data become lost and easy to misconstrue. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Hillary, this has been awesome. I love the examples uh, given here. Thank you for uh, sharing like the KPI process. I think this is super helpful. We're going to do a write-up. Um, and I think this is going to be something really helpful, like I said, for a lot of like small to medium businesses and a lot of marketers that are like taking a stab at setting a goal the first time and they don't necessarily know what to set the marketing KPI at. I loved your example of like... Um, the way that it draws, I was going to ask you, like, are there any other benefits on top of this, but camaraderie being mm-hmm. like the big one, like mm-hmm. feeling like you're in the trenches. It's such a different thing than to feel like, I think a lot of times there's this pressure that like, I've been given a KPI, the weight of the world is on me to hit it versus like the word you use, which to me is like, we're all in this like leadership and the people executing on it together. We're going to come up mm-hmm. with the action steps to together to set this. And I guess that, I guess that will be my last question for real this time is, um, when you, when you set these, was it in tangent with the team or was it you like, did they have a hand in setting the steps or the habit 
KPIs that they thought would achieve this? Or was it you talking with them, talking with management, talking to customers, then like you set those and pass them on to them? And do you think there's like, it should be done one way or another? Or does it depend on the context? Yeah, I mean, I think in general, goals are more successful when they're the people who are responsible for them are included in the conversation. And I've unfortunately learned that the hard way and now stick strongly to making sure people are a part of that. I can't remember, but I think in this scenario, um, my counterpart, Travis, on the SDR ops side was definitely part of the conversation in the diagnostics. And then I have three very strong leaders on my team, uh, Bree, who leads Enterprise, Andy leads Verticals, and Chris, who leads our Emerging Markets Group. And the three of them are typically part of any conversation that is had around these types of things. And we'll actually have the conversation if it's like unique to Enterprise, for example, we'll have the metric conversation across a team meeting where everybody can learn from it and mm. see if that might apply to their team or if they can learn something that they can take away and, you know, tweak or optimize or change to be ap- applicable to them. So yeah, the idea would be to have those involved in the process, be part of the ideation. Awesome. I love it. It's super helpful. Yeah. Yeah, Thank you for sharing all these insights and uh, we'll check with you in a year to see about action boards and if it's gained steam on, I want to see LinkedIn influencers talking about action boards in one year. That's how we'll know you were successful. Yeah. Let's make it a thing. Hashtag action boards. (laughs) Um, Obviously, if you want to check out Snowflake, go to snowflake.com. Where can people follow you though? I saw you have a personal website. Do you want them to go there? Do you want them to follow you on LinkedIn? Where do you want them to go? Yeah. Yeah, so I post daily, Monday through Thursday. I take Fridays to not post on LinkedIn for just because I don't want to. Uh, so you can find me at linkedin.com nice. forward slash Hillary Carpio. And then I have a personal website, thehillarycarpio.com. Um, you can find the different like speaking engagements that I've done there. I have a little blog and then just kind of like some about me and experience. And then I just launched my own podcast called Go to Market Speed Dial. And that is available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts where I'm just calling on B2B mentors every other week to get their advice on demystifying go to market leadership and kind of pulling back the curtains on the things nobody wants to talk about that are really straightforward and simple. So we ask dumb questions and get them answered. Awesome. I love it. Go listen to Hillary's podcast, follow along. um, And yeah, thank you again for coming on. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks so much for listening. If you found this episode valuable, check out our other episodes or subscribe to get new ones. If you want to support the show, we'd love for you to leave a review or share it with someone. And if you want a tool to help you track and improve your business performance, try Databox free at databox.com.